Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and we are the hosts of the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. What's new? How are you doing this morning? Well, it's you know what? It's still sunny down here, and uh, I know you're back home in Buffalo, so how are things up in Buffalo? A little colder? It's a little chillier, yeah, and it's not so sunny. <laughs> No. <laughs> well, I know you'll be tra- listen. But I know you. You'll be I'm traveling. In a sunny mood. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's good. That's always great to to bring to the show. All right, Cindy. Let me just remind everybody before we start. Um, of course, we are live every Tuesday morning from nine to ten a.m. Eastern here on the BlogTalkRadio.com network. And of course, the best way to find us is go to BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Women of Golf, and that will take you to the main page, and you can listen live uh, on Tuesday mornings. Uh, but for some reason, if you can't join us, some other great ways is uh, visit that link and scroll down to the on-demand section, and you can listen to the recorded version of this show uh, whenever it's convenient for you uh, or any of the other previously aired shows uh, that have come beforehand. Uh, you can also tune in at iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, and now TalkStreamLive.com. And again, just type in Women of Golf uh, up in the search key, and that will take you there. Uh, some other great ways to connect with the show, you can always call in during our live broadcast on Tuesday. The number to call is area code 347-945-5855, uh, or you can certainly reach out uh, to our respective email ad- addresses. Uh, Cindy's is, of course, cindy at cindymillergolf.com, and mine is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. Cindy, we've got a great show this morning. Joining us here uh, from Tucson, Arizona, of course, in just a moment is going to be Susie Myers. Uh, and then a little bit later on, Zach Sapanik, the Symmetra Tours media and public relations official, is going to be giving us a little bit of a wrap-up of 2018. He's going to tell us what's happening at the uh, current Q Series, uh, of course, for those young ladies preparing to make it out on the LPJ Tour. And then he's going to tell us a little bit about what is coming up new for 2019. So let me just introduce our first guest, and then we'll bring her on with us. Uh, of course, our first guest this morning, as I mentioned, is calling in from uh, Tucson, Arizona. That's Susie Myers. Uh, she's been a member of the PGA since 1994. She's also played on the LPGA Tour and competed in six major championships and is a Golf Magazine's Top 100 t-shirt. So we talk a little bit about her book, uh, Golf from Point A, which is a short and simple read to help all golfers of various levels to learn to love the game, uh, as, of course, we sometimes hate. Uh, if you want to enjoy your, your time and create self-confidence, this is the book for you. Uh, in addition to being a, a member of the PGA and a top 100 teacher. She was also uh, selected as the 2013 Southwest Section Chapter Teacher of the Year, and she won the Women's PGA Chapter Championship 
in 2011, 2016, and here in 2018. So, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest this morning, Susie Myers. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here with you two. Well, we're so glad you're here with us. So happy that you got up at the crack of dawn just to hang out. <laughs> well, I love it. You know, the early bird gets the worm, right? That's that, for sure. That's, that's right. Um, Cindy, let me just start off real quick here for a second, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll jump right in about her book. Um, Susie, I thought it might be interesting. Uh, obviously, I know you've played uh, as a tour player as well as obviously teaching now, but um, talk a little bit about maybe just, uh, again, just give us some, uh, a broad stroke, if you will, of, of some of your playing career, um, some of the things that you've done and what you've learned uh, as a player that's now helping you at this point in your career. Well, I think being a player has um, really helped my coaching and I've been able to coach at a, a players at very high levels, LPGA, PGA Tour winners, because I've been in the ropes. I've been in, the, in their feeling what they're feeling. And I think one of the big things that golfers realize is that you really can't control so much in your game. You really don't know who's going to show up that day. Um, Cindy was sharing that she played in the LPGA Senior Championship and um, you know, she played really well in the in the poor weather, and she didn't play so well when it was nice out. Well, who would figure that out, you know? So because you can't control so much of your game, there's a, there's a way to play the game that that doesn't frustrate you. Hmm. Okay. So how about uh, hmm. sharing that uh, – Ease from frustration because we all want it. we all want those uh, those tidbits. So please share. Well, the idea is that when you try to control what you can't control, it leads to frustration. So if you're a parent and you've ever tried to control your children, you realize that that just is frustrating. So as a golfer, if you're trying to control your golf swing, if you're trying to control your golf ball, then that leads to frustration. This is why people tend to get so angry on the golf course because the golf ball's not doing what they'd be doing and their golf swing isn't exactly the way they want it to be. But everything starts in the mind. So everything is about what you're thinking, when you're thinking, and how you're thinking it. Um, so golf from point A is an idea that you really want to separate your shots. You don't want to connect your shots all together. So what do I mean by that is so many golfers stand on the first tee and they want to see their ball go from A to B to C to D and they make their par and they walk off and they're happy. But if their ball goes from A to B and they're happy, but when it goes from B to C, it goes in the bunker, they start trying to figure out what they did wrong in the last swing and how do I fix it. And then they get in the bunker and they go, oh, my gosh, Bunker shots aren't my deal. I have to go through all my lesson material, how to get out of a bunker. And all of a sudden, the easy par isn't there. And they're, they're nervous. They're frustrated. And when they make that shot, they have what I call a lot of emotional, mental baggage. So when you play golf, um, trying to connect your shots and making everything run smoothly, it, it never does involve. So I play golf from point A, and at point A, there's a process, and every golfer should figure out what their routine is for each shot, and the process for point A is you see what you want, 
you decide what you're going to do with this shot, and then you commit 100% to doing your very best on this shot. You make your stroke, and wherever the ball goes, you walk to it, not thinking about how it got there. So sometimes you hit your best shot in the world there, and you go, oh, how did I do that? What did I do? I want to do that again. But it doesn't work that way. You can't do it again. You just show up at the next ball at point A. You go through the same process. You see what you want. You make a decision. You commit to it fully. You make your stroke. And wherever the ball goes, you once again move to point A. So point A basically has no past and it has no future. It has the moment that you're doing it in. And in the moment that you're doing it in, you have a clear process, a clear picture of what you want, and a commitment to giving your very best. And that's all you can really ask of yourself. That's a great, um, a great way of really laying that out. Cindy, you, you know yourself as a teacher and as a player how easy it is to fall into that trap of, trying to connect the shots, if you will. Um, what are your thoughts on what Susie just said and, and maybe apply it to what you've seen with some of your students? Um, well, I would always start with myself, and definitely she speaks the truth. And, and I believe that, um, you know, it's funny because I just played in this major championship, and on the day that the weather was so bad, you really can't control things. And control mm-hmm. is one of my favorite words. And I believe that, needless to say, that she, because she speaks the truth, it's absolutely correct. And I think the one thing that we don't discuss enough with our students, or at least I don't, is what have you decided you want to do with this shot and are you totally committed to it? And I think that's of the utmost importance. Yeah, I, I would, yes, I would our, agree our with bodies, that. Our bodies really react to the picture that we see. So when, when I say um, don't think of the pink elephant, um, there's a, you don't see the words don't think of a pink elephant. You see the pink elephant. So mm-hmm. what happens is when you give yourself a very clear picture, every cell in your body starts to desire to make that come true. And when you get doubt or you get fear or you get confusion about what to do, then your body is also fearful, doubtful, or confused. And it will not be able to move to get your optimum shot. So the idea of creating a clear picture and deciding, making a decision, I'm going to take my driver and I'm going to hit it low into the wind here, and I picture that, I commit fully to it, then everything is trying to help you get that done. The more that you let it go, the better it will be. The more that you try to control your golf swing and tell yourself how to do every little part of it, it doesn't work. Just like if we talked about how to walk. We don't control our walking. And sometimes we stumble. And when we stumble, we hit a rock or we hit a ledge. We don't sit there and analyze what we did wrong. We just kind of feel the embarrassment or feel the pain and we move on. We don't make a big deal of it. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I can can, uh, relate to that on on many levels. (laughs) I've stumbled a few times in my day and trust me. Um, you know, uh, Cindy, go ahead. Uh, I'll let you go. 
So if you do you do series with people? Do you do how do you deliver the message of point A besides programs that you do? Tell us what you do. Well, thank you for asking. Um, you can check all of that out at SusieMyersGolf.com. Uh, and um, my website is being um, turned over right now. I, I still have my old website on there, but I'm getting a brand new one, which is going, is going to list more of my programs. Yes, come out, fly out to Tucson. It's absolutely beautiful out here right now. We, I work at a fantastic resort. We have great rooms. Um, spend a day with me. Spend a two days with me, a half day with me. Um, I do a lot of... Uh, uh, every every session that I have with someone, I start out with how do we think and what are your goals. And most people's goals are result-oriented. I want to be able to break 80 or I want to be able to hit fairways and greens. And those are the things that really are uncontrollable. So when we start to set goals that are more under our influence, um, like I'm going to commit to every shot. I'm going to see every shot. I'm going to learn how to create my process so that my my actual stroke is better. And the way that we think about it makes all the difference in the world. So I start every session with um, how we're going to think about even the time together, how we're going to think about it on the golf course. So um, you can find out a lot more about me on SusieMyersGolf.com. And I welcome everybody to come out. I am in the midst of hopefully writing another book. I've um, cleared my message even more. I've been able to speak to the um, PGA HOPE program and the veterans that the PGA um, instructors are are, um, setting up all across the country. And I've had um, three vets come up to me and say, oh, my gosh, this is going to help me so much with my PTSD, Mm -hmm. just the way – to think about letting go, committing to the moment at point A, and point A is a brand new beginning on every shot in every moment and doing what you can do with what you have at the time. And that's really, once again, all we can ask of ourselves. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's a great point. Cindy, go ahead. So when they come out, and um, they choose, let's say, do you have, like, three-day schools? Do you do group sessions? Do you do one-on-one? How do you, how um, do you my groups are going. My groups are going to be very small because um, we, we were kind of a landlocked facility, so I try to keep them at three to four people at the most. And um, I do a two-day school. I don't really do three-day schools because my clientele here at the, at the club keeps me extremely busy. Um, so I can carve out two days. I can carve out one day. I, and um, uh, a lot of half-day programs are great because you work for three or four hours and then you can go play in the afternoon or we can set that up that I go to play with you. And um, you can get to me, like I said, through my website. You can get to the book through my website, or you can go to Amazon, and um, it's on Amazon. And um, take a look at some of the reviews on Amazon. It's, it's really fun to read how this philosophy has really changed how people enjoy the game. Because once you understand that you cannot control your golf swing, yes, you work on your golf swing, you develop your golf swing, 
but you, your, your body is changing all the time, and you don't really know who's going to show up that day physically, if you're going to be coordinated or uncoordinated, but you can figure out who's going to show up in the way that you think. And that's, a, that's an important point, is that how you think is going to make a huge difference on your golf game. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and you're right. You know, th- this is the one thing that I think a lot of players, Susie and, and Cindy, struggle with is, you know, they might have had a great round last Tuesday, and here they are a week later playing with their regular group, and they're thinking, okay, I played great last week, and they show up, and all of a sudden the ball's all over the fairway uh, or in the rough or what have you, and they can't understand what happened from just a week ago. So do you think part of it, Susie, could be that maybe sometimes players put too high of expectations on their game and as a result don't know how to get um, to that expectation? They, they want to, you know, maybe, as you said, try to break 80 is, is their goal that season or uh, more fairways and greens, and they have maybe put an expectation that's too high for what their current ability is, and they don't know how to accomplish that. Or what should they do to accomplish well, that? Well, my, my statement is that expectations kill a golfer. So it's not even just high expectations. It's expectations at all. The only thing that you really would desire is to show up, be ready, be present, give it your 100%, and allow what's going to happen to happen. Let me handle whatever's going to happen. If I get in that bunker, if I hit it behind the tree, because we are so different every single day, it's, you, you watch it on a PGA Tour. A guy will shoot in a miraculous round, a, a low, low 60. The next day they come back with a 72. It's those expectations that really hurt us. But the discipline to say, you know, I'm going to set up and I'm going to do my routine. I'm going to react to the ball in a way that's going to help me. That means I'm not going to throw my hissy fit. I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to try to repeat the same exact shot that this one was good. Oh, this next one has to be good. Because no shot begets the next shot. Meaning that if I hit a good shot, that doesn't mean the next one's going to be good. And if I hit a poor shot, that doesn't mean the next one's going to be poor. So every shot is disconnected and every shot has its own life. I say that every shot is born, it lives, and it dies all within a second. The problem is is that we tend to mourn the shot for hours and hours, and we hold on to it. So let the darn thing die and move on. That is so true. Should we, uh, should we maybe – start performing an exorcism or something after each shot and just, you know, expel the, uh, the bad shots out or, or what do we do? Well, once what again, if, me... I have a tool for that. After every shot, I say pretend that a brick wall is being built right behind you very quickly. And every time you turn around to think about the past, you run into that brick wall. And on that brick wall are big words that say, forget it and move on. And and so you have to train yourself to hit the brick wall. Ouch, that hurt. I'm going to keep moving forward. And the other part of the point A, though, is that you want to 
you want to disconnect from the results or the outcome because you can't control those. So I use a pair of scissors for that. When we send the ball, we tend to have emotional ties to where the ball's going to go. We're like, oh, get over that bunker. Oh, you should be on the green. And I just take those scissors and I cut those ties to to where the ball's going to go. So I'm keeping myself in a bubble at point A, which is in the moment. I can't control the future. I can't do anything about the past. So I might as well just let it go and stop worrying about the future and just do what I can do at point A. And every shot is a point A moment. It's a brand new beginning. It's a place to do your process. It's a place to be positive with your thoughts because your body's going to react to what you are thinking and the picture you give yourself. So don't even look into that water on the right. Just look down the fairways and train yourself. And it is a training. It sounds easy, but you have to train it. And you train it all the time because you're developing it. One day you may be good at point A. Another day you might not be so good at it. But that's okay. It's all in the developing of of this concept. I have to and, and that's. Yeah, go ahead, Cindy. How do you teach juniors and their parents? Can they? Because there's such <laughs> yes. a need for this. Yes. I mean, parents are killing their children. Yes. Oh, big time. And I, I invite every parent to be with me. Um, and I want them, especially on the first lesson. I had one gentleman say, I want you to come talk to my company. I want you, and he's with the Border Patrol. He says, this stuff is amazing and people need to hear it. Um, because once the parent understands this philosophy that the child is now going to be raised up in, um, they get on board and so that they know how to talk to their kids. And it is hard to be a parent of a golfer. I have a child at Stanford playing golf, and it is difficult. I'm his coach, and I'm his mom. And to know when to say something, how to say something, and when to keep my mouth closed is has uh, is been training. You know, I've messed up a million times, but I keep going back to what's going to help this child relax, enjoy the game, because that's really what we want to do. If you fall in love with this game, then you'll spend enough time at it to get better at it. But if you feel the pressure and if you're playing to keep your parents happy or your coach happy, then this game is not fun at all. It is very burdensome. Yeah, and I agree 100% with that. Cindy, you know, that's a great point about parents. Uh, you know, as much as, you know, we, we want them sometimes to stand in the background because we want to be able to work with the child without that sort of uncomfortable feeling, I think it is important to bring them in, um, certainly at some point and, and early on the better, to help them to understand what the process is um, so that they know when to sort of back off. Because that's, Cindy, and you can attest to this, you've worked with a lot of juniors over the years, one of the biggest things that, that hurts it is the parents get sometimes too involved or over-involved and put a lot of pressure on the child when there's already enough pressure. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I, so here's the catch. It's our thinking that's wrong 
and we've learned our thinking by our environment and the experiences that we've gone through. And so many of these parents are so worried about results that these kids don't know how to think. They don't enjoy themselves. There's too much pressure. There's too much anxiety. And the parents who think they're doing the right thing are screwing them up. Right, but they, but you have to realize that the parent does think that they are doing the right thing. But once they are also trained in this mindset, I have had parents back off, back off, back off, back off. I've had one parent that was, well, two, two fathers that basically come to me, and they sit at the lessons, and I'm coaching them as much as I'm coaching the child because they'll – the child will miss something, and the parent will go, oh, and, and I'll go, no, we were not allowed to comment. Everybody messes up. We have to let them right. mess up. This is their time to discover. This is their time to not try to get it right, but to try to figure some stuff out. And every parent has thanked me, and they have backed up, and they're, they are part of the team, and that's why I bring them in. I say to the child, your parent is the most important part because they're providing this opportunity for you, and they want you to do well, but they love you. And so the three of us are the key, and I'm kind of coaching the parent as much as the child. Perfect. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I think that's great. Um, and, and that's something, uh, you know, Cindy, uh, we've talked about many times on the show that can be a big problem is the, the parents over enthusiasm, shall we say, sometimes can be very detrimental to the child's development. And I think it is important, obviously, that that conversation um, takes place and, and that they're actively involved, um, not just as a cheerleader, but but also actively involved in the development um, of whatever career path that child takes, um, even if it doesn't involve golf down the road. Um, and, and I think one of the things, Susie, that, um, that we see so often in our industry is parents sort of living vicariously through their child. You know, they have visions of, boy, I wish I could have been out, but I'm going to see that my child gets out on tour. So they just really push and push and push and push to get them to that elite level to the point where the child just burns out. What do you say, uh, how do you start a conversation with that parent uh, when you see signs of that happening? Well, I'm, I'm talking, I'm very direct and I'm right from the very beginning. I'm like, I'm not here to teach your child golf. I'm here to help raise a person. And the game is a game and we have to make it a game. If you're putting too many expectations on this game and your child, it will ruin the love of the game. And the only way mm-hmm. this child's going to get better is to love the game because if they don't love it, they won't want to do it. And so to, to allow your child to develop, we have to understand what this game is doing. It's helping develop a person, not a golfer. And then the child will go wherever the child is meant to go. We really have to understand that we have to back up and um, I provide and support a learning environment that is positive. And that's what a parent's uh, um, job is, to provide and support a learning 
environment that is positive, and that's it. And every child's going to learn at a different rate and develop at different ways. And so I'm right off the beginning. That's the whole deal. And how the brain works. I, my whole deal is how the brain works. That's what I've studied for the last 20, 25 years. And, um, you know, what stress does to it, what um, expectations do, it, do to it, what, what pictures do to it, what um, beating yourself up does to your chemical makeup of your body. So there's a lot that goes into this, and um, that's why I'm getting ready to write another book um, that's going to be even more detailed because it's a message that needs to get out there. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree. Yeah, I couldn't agree wholeheartedly. And I hope, uh, Susie, that you will – uh, afford us the opportunity when that book is uh, available to come back on and, and share that with us as well. But uh, it's been uh, an honor to have you this morning, and unfortunately we have to, to wrap up. So if you want to maybe very quickly just remind the, the listeners if they're interested, uh, the book is called uh, Golf from Point A, where they can reach out uh, not only to you, but where they can also get a copy of the book. Great. You can uh, find me at susiemyersgolf.com, and I look forward to all of you reaching out to me. Uh, I will return emails with your questions and you're going to have a great guest uh, Zach Zapanik um, I coach mm-hmm. uh, Brittany Benvenuto that's uh, out on the um, Symmetra Tour and the LPGA she's out there at um, Q Series um, trying to get her card again and um, Zach's just a great guy so you'll enjoy the next half hour mm-hmm. Perfect Thank and, you so uh, much yeah, thank you, Susie. A thank you. Pleasure as always. And and you can get her book, uh, Golf from Point A, on her website, susiemyersgolf.com or amazon.com. Just search it under uh, Golf from Point A. Susie, thank you very much for joining Cindy and I this morning on the Women of Golf. It's been a pleasure, and thank you for getting up so early out in Tucson. I loved it. Thank you all. Have a great day. All right. You all right. Too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, a very special guest, Susie Myers, a member of the PGA and also a uh, player on the LPGA Tour for many years, including six major championships and a golf magazine top 100 teacher. And Cindy, she's given us a great lead into our next guest, who, of course, uh, has been on the show a number of times uh, over the last year. Uh, Of course, we're talking about uh, Zach Sapanek, the uh, Symmetra Tour's media and public relations official. He's joining us up uh, right now. So let's uh, welcome to the show, Cindy. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Great to be with you again. How are How's you doing, Zach? Doing well. Pinehurst is treating us fairly fairly nice. Uh, we had we had one rain <laughs> rain day washout last week. Uh, when you wake up, it's in the 30s, but uh, by the mid afternoon, it heats up, has been heating up to the upper 60s, low 70s. So, quite a con- contrasting. Um, style as far as the elements go, but uh, it's been a it's offering a good challenge to the ladies. Yeah, it's been some interesting uh, golf for sure. So Zach, I, I thought uh, what we would do this morning is maybe just do uh, kind of a, a 2018 uh, Symmetra Tour season wrap up to start things off, and then maybe you can give us a few highlights from the Q series uh, that's going on. And I know we're going to have next week. You're going to have uh, some players. Uh, come on the show to talk about their experience through uh, the Q series. So tell us a little bit about the season, what uh, maybe uh, point out some highlights throughout the year and, uh, and then we'll go from there. Um, it was, I mean, heck of a year. Uh, it took, it took till the end of the season to get a repeat winner as um, 
Kendall Dye was the first to do so when she won the Guardian Championship in Prattville, Alabama. She, um, I mean, it, it it really spoke to the parody from top to bottom and of the talent that's on the Symmetra Tour this year to have um, different winners each week, and then um, not until basically what, what event was that the third to the last event of the year not to have a repeat winner yep. until then was incredible and then you have Rachel Lou win back to back times to end the year so and, right. and become the only three time winner this year and the only uh winner uh, only player with greater than $100,000 in career earnings she became the sixth player in Smetcher Tour history to do that but i mean incredible performances across the board uh you know tw- 21 different events across 16 different states, hoping to add to that for 2019. Um, and there's lots of talent that's going to be returning as well. Plenty of players going through Q series this week, but there's also plenty of names that didn't advance past stage two of the LPGA qualifying tournament. who will be back on the Symmetra tour next year, hoping to fight into that top 10. And, uh, you know, one of the things that Commissioner Juan wanted with the advent of Q series was for the Symmetra Tour to get more competitive, and I think I think we saw a step as far as competitiveness uh, ahead um, this past year, and then I think Q series I think that's going to only bring about even more. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, it, it definitely has been very competitive, and we've uh, thanks to you have had the the pleasure and honor of interviewing a lot of great young ladies off the Symmetra Tour this season, Rajin. Uh, Lou and, and of course Kendall as well, uh, and many of the other great ladies. What about the sponsors from this season? You had some great sponsors, IOA, uh, you know, of course, and of course the the premier uh, Symmetra uh, as the principal sponsor. But um, you've had some great sponsorships this year, and obviously, I'm sure that's going to lead into some more uh, coming for next year. Any anything new as far as new sponsors coming on board? Uh, not that I know of. Um, that's more of a mic. Mike Nichols' question, um, but I mean, IOA is taking the reins on the uh, inaugural LPGA Diamond Resorts Invitational Tournament of Champions, so they're not only ex- taking uh, they expanded from two to three tournaments with us in 2018, but uh, starting in 2019, they'll have our three tournaments, plus they're dipping into the LPGA tour as well now with the tournament of champions uh, in Orlando to to kick off the year on the LPGA tour in the middle of January. So uh, they're, they're really promoting the professional women's game and, and bringing light to what these girls can do. And uh, you know, their mission uh, just, just, it goes hand in hand with, with um, striving to be your best and, and, and really enriching the lives of not only everyone around them, but, you know, uh, the growth of women's, you know, organization and sport. So IOA has been a huge contributor. And then obviously Symmetra, uh, we wouldn't be uh, the tour without Symmetra, but their, uh, their contributions with the Symmetra Classic, uh, which was back in uh, Davidson, North Carolina at River Run Country Club this year, um, in May, that'll be back on the schedule that next year, and then obviously the Smetra Tour Championship to end the year, and and uh, you know it, it goes down in Daytona Beach at the end of the year, and it went down. Uh, man, hard to believe it was only a couple weeks ago that we finished. Right. It feels like it's been a been a long time already, but yeah, I mean it was a big party for all the the top ten. It was they they get they earned their cars, they earned their way 
under the LPGA next year. It was great to see. So Iowa and Symmetra will continue. You know, we'll, we'll be back in Prattville, Alabama next year with uh, with Guardian Credit Union. They're a great sponsor that uh, Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail um, mm-hmm. has hosted professional golf for greater than 25 years, and they know what they're doing um, as as good as the next person out here. Um, I think we're, uh, we'll be back in Garden City, El Dorado. I mean, just about every spot on, right. on the tour. We're going to be back, and uh, I think we're adding at least two more that I know of right now. Uh, can't reveal a couple of them yet, but <laughs> – yeah, there'll be. It looks like there'll be somewhere in the in the mid twenties range of tournaments for next year. Wow, that's fantastic, um, and great to have, uh, as you said, sponsors like obviously Symmetra and IOA to uh, to really push through. And it's a fantastic news that they're going to be involved now uh, in the new season with uh, the LPGA as as well as continue on the relationship with the Symmetra Tour. Um, Cindy, uh, I know you've probably got a question or two for Zach. What do you love the most about your job? <laughs> what do I love the most about my job? I love it all. I mean, I don't think I've ever had a person out here. Every, per, every fan that I see at an event, I, you know, they always stroll up to my cart. I got my media sticker on it. I got my my uh, still camera. I got my video camera. I got a laptop. I got my two phones sitting out, and I'm taking pictures and tweeting and Instagram and storying and, all that and every person I think says, "Man, you must really hate your job," and uh, and and of course they're kidding and they're laughing about it. But I mean, what what is there not to love? I mean, I I travel the country, I watch golf, I watch girls that would whoop my butt on any given day, um, and you know it, it's <laughs> something that you enjoy. You know, you, you get to know the girls, and I've built life last long, life lasting relationships and friendships out of it. And uh, it's it, it's been a it was I mean I'm gonna write a blog at the end of the end of the season when I I have my uh, some vacation time. But I mean I don't know if you would have told me where I I would have been here a year ago I would have I I just wouldn't have believed you because I mean, I just think this is something that uh, it's a it's a great experience. And not many people get to do it. Somebody once told me, you know, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of play-by-play positions in baseball. Uh, you know, radio guys that call the game, and 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 it's true. But there's obviously a lot more teams involved in the game of baseball. There's not teams in golf. And but to have my position, I think, is even better than something of calling calling the calling a Dodgers game on a nightly basis because I'm I'm the lone media guy for a professional professional sports organization, um, and I get to you know tell all the stories of all the girls. I get to know them. I get to know what you know what they like, what they don't like, and I get to share that with uh, different people at each stop, both fans and media, and I get to bring them out and, and showcase what what makes you know, not only women's golf great, but what makes the Symmetra Tour great. So, honestly, what my question back to you, Cindy, is what is there not to love? <laughs> I agree with you. So let me ask you this. What uh, program do you use to edit the videos? I use uh, Final Cut Pro. Nice. Hmm. So you yeah, have a we, Mac. Yeah, I've got a Mac. I've, I've Man, from my back from my TV days to now, I've used. Avid, Adobe, 
um, Adobe Premiere, man, the old Final Cut back in my intern days in TV to the new Final Cut. To, uh, I mean, it. I feel like I've. I feel like a dinosaur sometimes going through all the editing systems I've gone through. Which one's the easiest to use? Oh, I mean, you can once you get used to them, you get, you get. They're all pretty easy once you get you once you get used to them once you know what you're doing with them. But I, I've always, I always go back to if I had to go back to one after not using it for a while, I think I would know Adobe Premiere the best. Not because I used it the longest, but just because I think the um, how user friendly it is. I think that one makes it a little easier on, on people. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, so tell us a little bit about, uh, Zach, um, about the Q series. Just very quickly, I know you've been on the program before uh, a few months back, and you, you talked a little bit about that, but just maybe explain uh, for some of the, maybe the new listeners coming in this week what Q series is uh, and how uh, maybe some, a few highlights from it so far. Yeah, so, so Q series is the replacement for what was the final stage of the LPGA qualifying tournament. So we used to play five rounds on LPGA International, the Jones and Hills course, for the final stage of the LPGA qualifying tournament. That happened for X amount of years. I can't remember off the top of my head, but that happened for several years. And they replaced it this year with Q series. So Q series is two four-round tournaments. And it's cumulative scoring. So we just got done with the first four rounds on Pinehurst number six. Now we switch over to Pinehurst number seven, and starting tomorrow, we're more rounds. But the scores after the four rounds on Pinehurst number six is where you start at on Pinehurst number seven. So at the end of hmm. the two-week marathon, the top 45 players and ties will earn uh, LPGA status in Category 14. It's a higher status than what there have been in years prior, um, so there's not necessarily that uh, conditional, there's not that full versus conditional status, um, mm-hmm. but the top 20 players will only have LPGA status while anybody outside the top 20 will have LPGA and Symmetra status. So if you're 1 through 20, you're only going to have LPGA. If you're 21 through 45 in ties, you're going to have LPGA and Symmetra. If you're outside the top 45 in ties, you're only going to have Symmetra. Um, And then if there's some LPGA players outside the top 45 in ties, they might have LPGA status depending on where they finished um, on the money list this year, but it won't be status that will get them into very many tournaments. So um excuse me so it's it's a it's a marathon out here it's a dog eat dog world every day i mean girls are competing for their lives and uh it it's made it's made it more competitive i think um but it's also made it i think a little less cutthroat than years past because you know we i mean you've heard me talk about cheyenne knight i mean i watched her struggle to i think like i think she shot nine over par in the first round and she battled over the next three rounds to two under par and she's sitting one wow. shot outside of the top 45 finishers and cut and ties cut line so you sit there and you go you can have you can have an awful day i mean you can have an awful day out here 
But if if you're a consistent player, like, you know, I mean, all these girls can be consistent if they put their minds to it and the things are going the right way for them. So you take that instance, and it's a matter of who who can do that. Because there's going to be players that are in that top 45 finish and ties uh, um, circle that, at the end of the day, you might be looking at a couple 80s on their scorecard. But they're, what matters the most is that over the other six rounds, they fought back uh, to showcase what they what they're really made of, and that's I think that's that's kind of that's kind of cool about Q series is that you don't get you know because essentially we would be finishing in in the old format we would be finishing tomorrow or we would have we would have already finished and we would have probably taken you know a bunch of people that got hot for a few rounds and just had and then just kind of toasted in the final round. Whereas now, you know, we have a, our leader right now is 13 under par or strokes. Who knows? She could go shoot six over this week, but she obviously would still make it. But it, it shows that it brings out the best player. It's going to bring out the best players. It's going to bring out the best player at the top. It's going to bring out the the best talent, and it's going to bring out who just doesn't who just doesn't have a good week. It's, it's who can really not only test themselves against. A course, but who can test themselves against not only two courses, but the elements um, and everything that goes on, just battling everything. I mean, you got different ways. I mean, this morning it was 34 degrees when we woke up, and by the afternoon it's going to be 68, 69. So the contrasting styles of when you get a tea time, everybody will play three morning and three afternoon uh, waves. And then the final two rounds will be as normal final, final rounds are with leaders at going off at the end of the afternoon. But um, Q series is, I'm, it's, my, it's our first year doing it. This is my first year up here. This is my second year in uh, um, covering uh, Q school and it's, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're exactly right. I mean, the pendulum can swing anyway, uh, really, uh, throughout uh, throughout the series. So, as you said, somebody can be 13 under right now, going into the uh, to the next phase of it, and you know, can have some bad rounds put together, and not necessarily they may or may not be knocked out, but can certainly uh, maybe fall back uh, several positions. Um, Cindy, any any final thoughts or questions? What do the girls think about this? You know, they've, I mean, you get mixed reviews, obviously, with anything, but I've heard a lot more positive than negative. And I I, I think it, I kind of echoed, it kind of echoes what I said a minute ago. And I, I mean, I kind of took some words out of their mouths, but they, you get a true test. You get the players who can come out and uh, who, who really, just buckle down and, and can play consistent golf. I mean, you're going to have players. If, you, if you're shooting here, here's a, a Janet Lynn, 73, 71, 76, 72. Nothing flashy. One day where she was four over par, uh, but even par the rest of the other three rounds. I mean, that that kind of that kind of golf gets it done, and it that kind of golf is going to, I think, going to teach you, going to get you ready for the next stage to where you're – I mean, these courses are not easy. And, and they're long. This is easily the longest course setup I've seen all year, and and for good reason to get these girls ready for the LPGA. And I think the ones that I've seen out here, where you know, there's some that, you know, you're, you're not going to please everybody. There's going to be the longer hitters that are going to complain because 
it's it doesn't suit their game, and you're going to get the shorter hitters who are going to complain because they have to hit three hybrid into every hole. But at the same time, that might be what you have to do out on the LPGA Tour. You're not going to every course isn't going to be the same. Every course isn't going to appeal to everything that you can do. Every course isn't just going to go right into your sweet spot. So I think this this is going to this is showing a lot of girls. It's also showing it's good, but it's also showing a lot of girls that hey, you need to you either need to get with the times and and either gain some distance or conform your game a little bit to how how things are going to play out on the LPGA. And some I think a lot of them are are realizing that um, they're either a not necessarily ready for that next level, or b they just have some things that they need to work on to make sure that they can succeed at that next level. And, uh, I mean, I, I think everything I've heard from the girls is positive and especially the, uh, amateurs. I mean, the amateurs are tearing it up. You have, um, five in the top 11, um, that are still in college that are, are no worse than three under par for the tournament. Um, wow. so what, what they did for uh, the field was they took the top five of the golf week rankings too, and they invited them to Q series. And uh, I mean, it, it showed because you're getting players that are just, I mean, these girls are good and uh, it's the next wave of talent. And, but it also, the nice thing about the, what the LPGA did with Q series was what is they allow are allowing players instead of, instead of that final round where in the past you had to, basically declare yourself pro or as soon as you were done or not. And then you, if you didn't declare, you would have to go back to college and you have to go through this whole process again. Otherwise you go through this entire process and you have to declare right on the spot. Now you can defer membership until July one of next year. So these players can go out they can come out, they can play, they can test their skills against the best, the best, see where they're at. And then they can go back to college if they want. Uh, they can turn pro if they want. I mean, it's it's really a, a win-win not only for the players, but it can also be a win-win for their college program if they're if you get the right players that want to come out and stay. But I think a lot of the players that are going to be ready for that next level will move on just because it's. I mean, I mean, most of them are seniors. I think out here, I think I think all I want to say all of them are seniors. There might be one junior among that group uh, that those top five amateurs right now. But yeah, I mean, even them, they love they love the opportunity, they love the format of it. Um, but I can tell you what, it, it's even even though they love it, it's, it's it's a grind for them, all of them too. Even though they're near the top of the leaderboard. Wow. Um, you know, I I think it's, you know, you 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 said it right. It, it, it's not going to be. Uh, necessarily suit the eye of every player out there and and you know this is a preparation just like school is preparation for uh, what comes later in life so if they want to compete out in the LPGA or uh, or other areas of golf um, they're going to have to learn to elevate their game and uh, it it's it's going to be a test for them and I think it's uh, it sounds like a very interesting uh, uh, program the, the Q series I think the way they've set it up sounds very uh, interesting and it's a it also keeps it constantly competitive throughout the whole process um zach is there a player that you can think of that you've seen from early on in the season 
that maybe at first glance you thought, well, I don't know, this person may not, uh, you know, may really struggle out here. Uh, but maybe you've seen a complete 180 as the season went on. Somebody that really stood out to you that shone and said, wow, this is this girl's got some game. Uh, hmm. There... I don't know if there's I don't know if there's anybody that did a complete 180 on me. Um, I I I think everybody kind of settled in. I mean, there was a good amount of people that near the top that if you settled in, you you settled in. I think Andrea Wong's one though that kind of caught my attention is to she uh, she had her moments during the season. She had maybe two or three good moments, um, but towards the end of the year she uh she took some time off didn't hadn't competed since man i want to i want to say her last event was garden city so she's been she's been kind of she went out back out to san francisco worked with her coach and uh kind of played at the at the at her home club and she advanced through stage 2 she had to play stage 2 advanced through that she's plus 5 right now she's tied for 36 um and she's one that didn't necessarily do a 180, but she, I, I, you know, she had her moments, and she, when she had her moments, they were, they were wow moments to where you, you knew she could do something, do some damage, and uh, she's, she's been, she's been slowly getting back to that, uh, to, to how I thought she could play. But I mean, you got, you got people like Becca Huffer, Notre Dame grad. Um, and uh, Sarah Schmelzel, the University of South Carolina alumna, um, both finished inside the top 30, so they were exempt in the Q Series. But I don't know if there's a more deserving player on the Symmetra Tour that deserves to be on the LPGA next year just by her sheer numbers. Um, I mean, her improvement from year one to year two was astron. I mean, through the roof. Um, and she kind of, I told, I talked to her at Aliqua country club for the Iowa golf classic. And I remember talking to her and I said, I said, you kind of snuck up on the radar. Like you, you came out of nowhere, but at the same time you look at her numbers and you think there's no reason that she should have snuck up out of nowhere. She's, she's that good. And her numbers back up her game equally impressive. Um, I'm pulling up her numbers right now, but she, She's she's a great player. I think she's as deserving as any to be on that next stage. Um, let me look here. I mean, her top twenty-five numbers have been been amazing. Uh, she has. I got it right here. Actually, I don't. Next one. But uh, yeah, I mean, her her yeah, there she is. So she has a total of she had seven top tens. Three of her last. Four, or four of her last five events, she was in the top five. Um, mm. Twelve top twenty-five results. I mean, she missed out on. Um, she missed out on advancing inside that top ten by just a couple thousand dollars. So, she her her numbers are impressive. She's been as consistent a player as it gets. I don't not necessarily a one eighty, but when you go from she only missed uh only missed three cuts, played twenty one events, uh top five finish in four of her last five events. Uh I mean the numbers are 
staggering when you look at it. And uh, I think I think Sarah Schmelzel's one, not necessarily 180, but kind of snuck up and shouldn't have snuck up on you. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Well, Zach, as always, we appreciate you coming in and and uh, and sharing a little bit about uh, the Symmetra Tour. Um, have a great finish uh, with the Q Series this week. And uh, I look forward to maybe having a couple of the players next week on the show. Um, and uh, we might get you on one more time uh, before the season ends out just to uh, maybe have you and Mike come on and talk about what's, uh, what's coming up for 2019, maybe with some additional sponsors or maybe different tournaments that uh, hopefully you'll be able to release by then. But Zach, uh, we appreciate all that you've done for this season in helping us uh, secure some of the players to come on the show. We've really enjoyed uh, interviewing them and uh, we've got some great stars, uh, up and comers on the LPJ for sure. Oh yeah. Next batch of talent is here and it's going to, I think it's going to stay for a while. Thanks guys. Thank you all so right. much. Have a great day. You too. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was Zach Sapanek, uh, the uh, Symmetra Tours media and public relations official uh, joining us uh, to give us a little bit of a wrap up on this season and uh, talk a little bit about the Q series highlights as well. Um, and Cindy, I believe you're going to be off next week, correct? I will be in Pinehurst with U.S. Kids Golf, learning how to create a U.S. Kids Golf Academy. So stay tuned. That sounds good. Well, I know you're going to share that with us uh, when you come back. So uh, as mentioned, Cindy will be off doing that next week, and I will uh, have the honor of holding the fort down and talking with some of the young ladies uh, that have been going through the Q series that Zach was just talking about. Um, again, we want to also thank uh, Susie Myers um, for joining us this morning. Uh, visit her website, susiemyersgolf.com, or go to amazon.com if you want to get a copy of her book, Golf from Point A. Um, it's, a it's a great read. Um, on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, we want to thank all of the listeners for faithfully tuning in each and every week here on the Women of Golf Show. We enjoy having you uh, tune in, and we enjoy having some great guests, and we're going to continue to do that uh, for you. Uh, in the next uh, few weeks before we uh, close off for this season and we'll have some interesting things happening in 2019 ourselves. So stay tuned for that. Uh, As always, God bless everybody and have a great week and I'll see you next week right here on the Women of Golf. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Ted. Bye-bye. Bye.